0: Army veteran, YouTube celebrity extraordinaire, most importantly, just a pretty swell guy. These are all things that we're going to describe our next guest on the Jarhead podcast. So let's stand up, hook up, shuffle to the door. Let's roll it. You will treat all Marines with the highest level of respect, for we have earned our place as Marines and will accept nothing less than that from you.
1: This is my rifle. There are many like it, but this one is mine. My rifle is my best friend. It is my life. I must master it as I must master my life. Without me, my rifle is useless. Without my rifle, I am useless.
0: jarhead podcast season two this season is powered by our good friends over at hyperion munitions hyperion we'll get into them a little bit more but hyperion's is a, a, a veteran-owned and operated manufacturing company down in florida they they produce a lot of uh pistol and rifle calibers but they also have a lot of different companies under their umbrella like garrisar firearms or arms veteran ammo and operator coffee like i said we'll talk more about them Uh, here in a little bit, but we do want to say thank you. Go check out com If you're out there and you're a veteran, really anybody, but especially if you're a veteran and you're in that hole, you're in the darkness and you're looking for some light, call me, text me, email me 24-7. I cannot give you medical advice, but I could probably be a pretty decent person to talk to, maybe talking through stuff. More importantly, I can just sit there and listen if you need someone to listen. If you are looking for someone that can get you towards some medical advice, remember two things. One, you are not alone in this fight. You have a lot of brothers out here that are willing and able to help you in any way possible. And two, the world is a much better place with you in it. So please utilize the Veteran Crisis Hotline, 1-800-273-8255. Once again, 1-800-273-8255, veterans, press the number one. By the time this podcast comes out, it's going to be just after Veterans Day. So I want to do ahead and say a a happy Marine Corps birthday, which is on November 10th. So happy birthday to my fellow devil dogs and happy Veterans Day. Happy uh, Veterans Day. Thank you to everyone that took the oath and, uh, thought of something bigger than yourself. So I really appreciate everyone for their service and all that. Speaking of which we have our good friend, Mark from fit and fire. If you guys watch YouTube, this guy is, is as good as it gets. He's one of the big dogs out there. Um, no, he's, (laughs) um, he's, he's a great guy. Uh, we've known each other for several years now, really kind of got become more friends in the last year or so, but, uh, he's got a really cool story. He does a lot of cool stuff, Uh, these days that is keeping himself in shape and and, and doing a lot of competition stuff. Um, So we're going to talk a little bit about that. But before we get going, let's bring Mark in and say, hello. Hello, Mark. How are you? Hey, guys. How are you doing? Really? How are you doing?
1: Thank you for having (laughs) me on. This is great. Like you said, we've been able to, you know, really connect this year. And, Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, we saw each other at SHOT Show. We saw each other at Trigger. And... uh, Yeah, I'm just happy to be here, and I'm glad that we've been able to kind of foster that relationship this year.
0: Yeah, for sure. We don't live terribly far, you know, probably maybe six hours or so. You know, Arkansas to Kansas uh, and all that. So it's it's kind of cool. Now I know that you just made a podcast. You're just starting up a podcast too. You to talk a little bit about that real quick.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for that, Uh, my buddy uh, Hefe, who runs the camera for me. uh, He is he he kind of pitched it to me late last year and he's like hey man we spend so much time not working out and just talking about gun stuff or comic book stuff or movie stuff or he's like what why don't we just do a podcast and i was like yeah sure let's let's figure it out it took us a little bit longer than expected to try to figure it out. But once we did, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, we launched at the beginning of the month, the beginning of October or excuse me, November rather. And it's called live laugh LARP podcast. And it is just, uh, myself and my cameraman, hefe actual, who is, uh, just sitting and talking. And it's, it's really all the behind the scenes conversations that we have, For the YouTube channel, right? So if we're talking about uh, like the newest episode that we're going to be dropping on the 15th is uh, about revolvers, right? And why I think revolvers are dumb (laughs) and why he's like, no, Mark, you're dumb, (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> this sounds eerily familiar to a conversations that me and Clover have on the regular. And honest to God, that's how the Ghost and Clover podcast became uh a couple years ago was same thing. We were talking on the phone, we'd have these great phone conversations like we should record these phone conversations. It'd be a great uh, podcast. And so we just started doing it. And, and it's fun because it, it allows people uh, to see other sides of you, not just the gun guy side of you. Uh, and I think that's really cool thing that the, the, the viewers get to kind of know who you are a little bit more.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, the Live Laugh LARP podcast is going to be found on Apple, Spotify. I'm working on Google, but I don't know if mm-hmm.
0: Google it's a better. weird thing it's yeah. a weird thing um I, I, we're on spotify iheart uh yeah. I Heart, um, yeah. amazon all that stuff but yeah google's a weird it's a weird one i don't i don't know either i'm not sure about them
1: something i saw a disclaimer something about and we're getting a little sidetrack here but something about yeah. uh they are going away and it's going to be like connected to youtube somehow
0: well, I mean, obviously, Google owning YouTube make would make sense. Maybe YouTube's going to have their own podcast platform. I don't know. That would make that would make sense. I don't know. Yeah, so,
1: but anyway, it doesn't yeah. matter. We yeah. are on. Every major um, podcast uh, platform that's out there, and if you guys are and
0: check the description below, uh, all the links are going to be in there. So yeah, yeah.
1: Yep. So uh, definitely make sure I get you all of that type of stuff. So, but uh, it, it, so far it's just a lot of fun. Episode one uh, was talking about the concept of defensive shooting versus competition shooting, and nice. uh, why you shouldn't get so burnt hurt about not being really good at competition shooting um man what was episode two about i don't even remember what we- <laughs> it's, been, it's, it's been it has been it's been a day it's been one heck yeah. of a day um i've been on uh the road for uh seven hours today and uh it was it was grueling it was grueling but uh um i, I for whatever reason i can't i'm spacing out what episode oh yeah, that's right there you <laughs> go kidding.
0: hey the peanut gallery knows know, does
1: exactly right uh we were talking about uh uh PC- pccs uh pdw's pistol caliber pdw's that type of stuff so uh yeah i like so,
0: it yeah so yeah, good stuff
1: but uh it, it's been a lot of fun so far we're hoping to uh continue this uh well into the future and uh yeah. we'll have special guests on and stuff like that and we'll have you on Whatever we do figure that. that out, we can have fun.
0: We can we can have fun with that for sure. Uh, definitely, definitely go check that out. Like I said, all the links are going to be in the description below. Not only to uh, Fit and Fire, which is his YouTube channel and all of his social media, uh, but also the podcast. And, all. and I know can they find your podcast through your website as well.
1: They can. Uh, they can also find us on Instagram. That's a good way to connect with us. Uh, it's just live laugh larp underscore podcast, and uh, that will then, if you go into our uh, bio, you can find our link tree, and then it's going to link you to everything. So. Um, just
0: the name Live Laugh LARP. That just sounds like it's going to be a fun podcast. Yeah,
1: <laughs> episode it, it one sounds great. Episode one just kind of kicked the door down, and just we we just kind of razed each other the entire time. And then uh, we got a little bit more serious in episode two, and then episode three we've it, it's it's trading blows. We trade blows with yeah. each other all the time. Uh, he he caused me a disgusting fat body all the time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and i know you and that is not true
1: <laughs> well well if if you put me next to jefe
0: maybe okay maybe you yeah
1: see that yeah i should not be eating jelly donuts so.
0: yeah, we have a we we do have a little cushion but that's okay it's okay yeah, to have okay. a little cushion now absolutely yeah. absolutely uh, i think we all like to still be at 25 and, and in the best shape of our lives but we all know that's not true yeah so, uh,
1: i celebrated my 25th birthday in iraq in baghdad oh, yeah and i got we'll
0: talk about that probably
1: okay, okay. yeah yeah yeah, yeah let's sure. do
0: that before we do that before we get this let's go to the pit this is a fun uh rapid fire so what kind of first thing that comes to your mind and all that and this one's going to be brought hey, to you next. by Garasar. oh Ooh. i'm sorry <laughs> hey, that's the first thing that starts. Hey, the first thing that comes to your mind. Perfect, perfect. Uh, Garrisar is a Florida-based international military arms manufacturer and equipment supplier. They produce customized solutions for American and international law enforcement, governmental agents, and the military. Garrisar manufactures both forged and billet AR-15 lowers, dedicated 9 mm lowers, and 308 upper and lower receivers. So go check out the Hyperion's Munitions website and click on the Garrisar Arms tab. Let's, let's 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 get kicked off. Um let's do this one. What was your favorite MRE if you had one? <laughs>
1: Ooh, favorite MRE? Chicken and salsa. Chicken and salsa. Okay,
0: interesting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, least favorite MRE.
1: Um, <sighs> least favorite uh Chili Mac.
0: It's fair. That's fair. That, was, That's fair.
1: That, that takes you back a little bit. That, that actually takes you um, backwards in time a little bit because I don't even think they offer Chili Mac anymore.
0: They probably don't. When I was in the nineties, uh, Chili Mac was actually not the worst. Uh, we're talking like the tuna was really bad and the uh, veggie omelet was terribly bad. I don't know if you guys had that or not.
1: The it veggie omelet, yes, but I never, I never ate one. You're I, good. I You're good. Yeah,
0: uh, but if you ever guys, needed to clear your system out, that was what you needed. To, it was the that veggie. Is that
1: is That is a hundred percent true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not that I would uh, I never I eat uh, it, but I yeah, can, exactly. I've heard stories.
0: Yeah. yeah, it's bad, 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 bad. I hope to God they're not offering that anymore. Um, yeah, who knows? Um, while your military time, not not in civilian world, but during the military time, what was your favorite gun or weapon system that you got to shoot?
1: Uh, that would be the m1a1 abrams tank
0: fantastic that's uh, a I, winner that's that's a winner because of all the episodes we've had in both seasons uh that the that, that tank has not come up yet so that's go, a winner so far so uh, we'll,
1: we'll get into it but uh just uh just a preamble uh i was a tank gunner at uh one point in time in my military that
0: must have been amazing I'm not gonna yeah, lie pretty cool um yeah we're gonna we're gonna definitely gonna talk about that one for we show uh what's the worst place you ever went to in the military or just in the military in, in the military
1: okay in the military um fort polk louisiana yeah well that just
0: goes without saying i mean anything. So all you louisiana people i'm sorry the cajuns down there but louisiana is not the greatest place in the world
1: I can tell you nothing. Nothing against the people down there whatsoever, but the mosquitoes these, are like that big, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> huge. But the, the, the thing about it was th- the only time that I ever came close to passing out because I was so hot was because I was. Oh yeah. In so.
0: Yeah, you're talking like 100 there. degrees with like 80 percent humidity, and exactly. yeah, and a rain it's,
1: shower every day at two o'clock. So
0: was it rain or was it just the humidity? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, what would happen was is obviously it's the humanity because you're yeah. right, up, right up against the ocean or the Gulf rather. Uh, but also when I was there, which coincidentally was right before Hurricane Katrina. Um, Yeah, we we left like two days before Katrina hit. But Are you serious? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I oh, was down wow. there at the time. At the time I was driving for a general and we went down to you know, watch, you know, to observe some training of one of our units mm-hmm. that was down there. And um, every day at about 1400 hours, there would be a rain shower that would pass through, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, you get a little reprieve from the heat because the clouds would block the sun. And then, and then it would then dump becomes rain. a sauna. Exactly.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Isn't it funny and, how that works that way?
1: yeah exactly exactly so
0: yeah man yeah i can only imagine um first
1: car what was your first car oh my goodness a 1987 chevy
0: nova that's actually pretty badass i'm not gonna lie that's (laughs) kind of cool a nova is like is not the worst car like it's a kind of a cool car to have you know
1: not no 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 not the muscle car not the muscle car. This no, was, I know what the Nova is. Yeah. Right. But this was the Chevy version of a Toyota Tercel in the <laughs> late 80s. Right. That was I the.
0: First I don't one. remember this one.
1: Yeah. This is late 80s. This is after. I look that one up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's ridiculous.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he said, like, no, no, it was not cool. So, did that help you or hinder you with the ladies?
1: oh i mean you just take one look at me it didn't it didn't hinder me
0: at all it didn't matter not not one bit exactly i don't (laughs) know oh man um what was the first gun you ever bought
1: oh no you have to uh you would have to ask me that first gun i ever bought 2005 springfield Mm -hmm. x45 See, okay, so brand new to the market.
0: Like, I I have XD9, and I am not the hugest Springfield fan, but I kind of dig the XD. Like, the XD was was pretty cool. Uh, and I think it's still kind of cool. Is it the greatest gun in the world? No, but it's a kind of a cool gun. The XD series was pretty cool. I liked it
1: yeah the uh xd forty five was just this massive brick in your hand i mean worse yeah, than see I
0: had the nine so
1: yeah worse than the glock twenty one in my opinion Ooh, that's right?
0: tough that's tough to beat that's tough
1: and I bought it wow. because i i wanted to uh i wanted to have a firearm to protect myself you know and then i realized mm-hmm. okay i'm I'm carrying a hand cannon around I'm not going to be able to conceal this very easily so
0: yeah um this is not a rapid fire question it's going to be kind of the first question we go into um guns were were you into guns or were you, were you would you consider yourself a gun person before joining the military I mean, did you grow up hunting or around guns growing up
1: so i did grow up around guns but not to the extent that i am today um okay. I, I didn't hunt at all when i was a kid uh, I, I wish i would have uh because mm-hmm. i'm in i can tell you right now i'm in the best hunting season of my life this year uh i've taken my first buck in 10 years and it's the biggest oh buck my. that i've ever taken um i've gotten a lot of uh really interesting activities in the field as far as deer hunting this season i've never seen deer spar before bucks i've yeah. never seen bucks bar before i've never seen a buck grunt and stuff like that all of this has happened in the last two weeks because the rut's getting ready to start but um i digress with the uh, as far as firearms goes um my dad was a collector he was an ffl at one point in time um we would go down to the wanamaker tulsa gun show which will be ha- happening next weekend unfortunately i will not be able to attend will be there uh yeah i'm missing out because um uh, we can talk about that later but uh yeah yeah. uh, um but we would go to the spring and fall gun show every single year down there in tulsa um and it was a treat to go to the range with my dad um and we would shoot whatever he was interested in shooting i guess most of the times it was one of his 1911s that he had so um we we just kind of fell in love and anytime that we got to go shoot it was like man it was like christmas you know because we did it about once or twice a year you know and i thought that that's what that's what people did and then yeah that then i grew up and um i was like wait a second um that's not what people do.
0: <laughs> and you know, the thing see, that- I, I grew up, and I, I never shot guns until I joined the military. Man, I probably shot a at my buddy's ranch growing up. But the first time I really shot a gun was in boot camp when I shot the M16A2. And you have that aha moment. Yep. Oh, my gosh. So I get home from boot camp, and we get 10 days off between boot camp and combat training. And the, I, I landed one night. The first thing I did the next morning was go to Walmart and bought me a Winchester 3030
1: oh nice so i was like i was in
0: i was in you know (laughs) like 150 bucks at walmart but i was in at that point i was like okay this is pretty cool that's cool
1: i i don't man i don't think that i ever shot a rifle um my dad had a little um single shot 22 long Mm. rifle rifle right breach loading um wow nice I, i have it in the safe right right now and um it uh i shot that i shot some black powder stuff but man i don't i don't think that i ever shot a rifle until i went to basic training and then it was the m16a2 you know so um and and yeah same thing i just fell in love with it um was not the worst shooter uh so there's that uh i wouldn't say that i'm Really good, but uh, I've uh, I've been able to shoot a mile on two separate occasions, which is really cool. Right. You know, so absolutely, yeah. But uh, yeah. yeah, so uh, not necessarily um, like a gun guy growing up, but I was around. You guns. were exposed
0: to exposed <laughs> exactly. to guns. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, now we asked you the question: What was your favorite weapon system to shoot in the military? Now I'm going to go ahead and open it up to. Every, you know, every day of your life, what has been, if you have one, what's the, what's your favorite gun that you've shot, whether you own it or not?
1: Mm, Man, that's really tough.
0: It's a tough one.
1: Yeah, it is, really is. Uh, I would say probably... for pistol, the the my favorite so far that I don't and, and I don't even own one is uh, the 2011 Staccato 2311. Staccato. What, yeah, whatever you want to call them, um, those are a lot of fun to shoot because you've got the you've got the um, shootability of the nine millimeter, but you have that trigger of a 1911.
0: That, that it, one and a half pound. it seemingly the single action 1911. It's just like yeah, it. yeah, yeah. It's great. It's,
1: it's so great. nice. It's so nice. Um, the as far as a rifle goes, um, the one rifle that I um, oh man, there are so many. I, I guess yeah. it, I guess the 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 one rifle that means the most to me is the um, 1988 Ishmash. AK seventy four, Oh, the seventy four. Yes, that I built with Jim Fuller. Did so you really? I did. I unfortunately had to take the uh, video down because <sighs> I, I did a video, but I had to take it down because you remember last last January everybody was getting strikes
0: for and assembly and disassembly and all of that.
1: Yep, <sighs> yep, and I didn't show any anything. I just showed like really close up shots of me like smashing a rivet or yeah. drilling something but i never showed like a tutorial on how to do things they still gave me a strike
0: on it so do you still have that video like in your yeah. library you should put down like a on rumble or something and yeah. some people there oh is it on rumble no,
1: no I, d- I just oh. haven't I take the time so to that'd be upload it.
0: cool but it's right at, at least there's an archive out there so people Absolutely. can watch that you know, something, yeah. you know? Yeah.
1: and you know mm-hmm. jim fuller when it comes to the american ak he's the dude he's the grandfather he's the man. You know, you have yeah. other people like Mark Krebs, uh, who does great work with Krebs Customs. You have new guys like AK Mario with uh, Sof yep. Sof Defense. Uh, he's an up and comer, uh, and obviously, you've got Rifle Dynamics, you've got uh, Lee Armory, you've got Meridian Defense, you've got all these AK guys out there. But the moment that you say Jim Fuller everybody knows they
0: all knows yeah, yeah absolutely exactly. and most of those others have had either whether they know it or not are exposed to him somehow exactly. somewhere, influenced you know. by him in some way absolutely absolutely. Yeah. absolutely veteran ammo is the ammunition brand produced by veteran owned and operated hyperion munitions focused on the best quality training defense ammunition and hunting products they leverage their military backgrounds to ensure the ammunition works every time They offer products in center fire, handgun, rifle, and shot shell categories and are always adding product offerings. Go visit the Hyperion Munitions website and click on the Veteran Ammo tab. Uh, All right. Um, This is going to be an interesting question, and and you can go as in depth or not as you want, but joining the army um was was that something that was planned or was it a spur of the moment like what what were the steps leading up to you joining the army so step
1: one was my father taking me to see top gun in the theater
0: you would to be a pilot didn't you like everybody I else i did <laughs> everybody <Absolutely>. did yeah
1: <laughs> I, I went and saw that movie and that day the moment that I got done watching that movie, I knew that I was going to be in the military. I didn't know exactly what I was going to do. Obviously, I wanted to be a pilot. I I grew up, I was born and raised in Wichita, Kansas. Um, McConnell Air Force Base was, um, as the crow flies, about a mile and a quarter away from my house. Uh, my elementary school was mm, less than that, so probably about a mile from the end of the runway so i got to oh, see wow. in the 1980s i got to see every single uh aircraft that was in the air force in inventory so kc-135s b1 bombers b2s f4 phantoms f-16s f-15s um the wow. f-117 you know through the 80s and 90s i got to see everything fly in iconic in
0: iconic yeah. aircraft
1: to to include the I don't remember I don't know their nomenclature, but the the um the Boeing seven forty seven with the space shuttle on top of it. Oh
0: with the attachment? Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
1: That flew into McConnell. It
0: refueled with and, the shuttle or just the plane itself. So. The
1: shuttle. With the shuttle. Yep.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah.
1: yeah. So yeah, I got to see cool. all of that. I was exposed to all of that. T 38s you know, they flew in and flew yeah. out all the time. Um and so, I that's all I wanted to do. I wanted to fly my dad. Uh, Wichita is known as the air capital of the war, world because I did not know that. Yes, it is known as the air capital of the world because it has the most aircraft manufacturing companies plus the Air Force there as well. So, mm-hmm. um. You've got Spirit, you've got Bombardier, you got Learjet, you've got uh, now it's Textron, but it, it used to be Beechcraft and Cessna. Oh, okay, right. Okay. Uh, you had Boeing there for a very, very long really? time. They they moved back up to Seattle because they're Seattle. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm, their headquarters was there, but they had their defense um, branch at McConnell as well. Um naturally you had McConnell Air Force Base, which was a SAC headquarters at one point in time, so strategic air command uh headquarters. So, you know, there was just just this like conglomerate of aircraft
0: industry You would have sunk in Wichita exactly, like of all places, you know. Exactly. If cool. you
1: cool. and if you ask my dad, it was because of uh Madam Beach, um the 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 owner of Beachcraft, she is the one according to my father and his stories, mm. uh, she's the one that really pushed for all of that to happen. And really? uh, one of the interesting things is, uh, at least at least when I was young, uh, Beach Aircraft, uh, their quarter, their mile, their block mile mm-hmm. of land that their um, facility and airstrip was on is not a part of the wichita footprint so as wichita yeah. expanded out and started to encompass all of Beechcraft and where they were um they just kind of went around it and they're like yeah we're just not you're not going to be a part of the city
0: <laughs> so and she's probably okay with that
1: she yeah, yeah she said she and she told us she says we will never be incorporated into the city and the moment that you do we will leave yeah, and they don't want to lose that for yeah, sure. Yeah. But anyway, um hmm. yeah, so uh let me get back on task here. So I saw <laughs> top gun, right. saw, saw yeah. top gun. I wanted to be a pilot, grew up in a you know, aviation industry, uh town, and um then in seventh grade I went to the eye doctor, and the eye doctor says, Yeah, you need glasses. And I started wearing glasses from, what, 1990 to 2001. Um, I had to wear glasses. And at that point, I knew that I was never going to be a pilot.
0: If only LASIK existed back then, right?
1: Right, exactly. Well. Yeah. Fast forward. I don't know. Uh, can
0: you still get LASIK and still be a pilot? I guess. I, I guess you can. probably could, couldn't you? Yeah, you okay. can,
1: and that's that's why I ended up getting LASIK in on oh, okay. a, a very notable date, December seventh uh, of yeah of 2001 oh, is when i had my surgery to get uh, lasik wow. surgery because
0: So literally I, the 60th anniversary <laughs>
1: yeah exactly right yeah um, literally <laughs> I, I found out that the army was allowing individuals to get lasik surgery and then to apply for a waiver to become oh, a man. pilot and for um for 19 kilos, the MOS 19 kilo, which is a tanker in the U S army about the only, um, course of action for you to become a pilot is to go warrant officer. And you have two choices. You can either be a, um, basically a warrant officer tech for tanks, mm-hmm. or you can become a pilot. That was like the only two choices you had at the time. And, um, so I was like, well, naturally I was going to try to be a pilot and I tried to, um, start my packet, but it didn't happen. But let me back up one step before we get to that point, And cause I'm just all over yep. the place. Um, so go through high school, you know, had to wear glasses. I knew that I probably wasn't going to do something and I was going to, um, sign up for the military. I had a pretty rough time in high school uh unfortunately i really had a not the not the worst but not the best home life my my yeah. my dad and my mom were always fighting with each other and and i just got tired of it and i told him i was like i'm out of here the the first yeah. moment that i get i'm out of here and don't ask me why but i wanted
0: i wanted to be a marine yeah i'm sorry i'm sorry <laughs> No, I don't really, you're you're probably better off that you didn't, you know. <laughs> no, no,
1: maybe not, but uh I, I just I think the most influencing aspect of me wanting to be a Marine is the movie mm. Um Heartbreak Ridge. One yeah. of my favorite yeah. movies of all time. Great movie. Uh, big fan of Clint Eastwood all around, but uh that movie was the second notable movie the notable the second most noticeable notable i don't know what word i'm trying to use here but military movie that i remember watching and i was like Mm -hmm. that's cool you know yeah um and so i wanted to be a marine i went to the recruiting station talked to a guy and he's like well look you're 17 we need we need obviously signatures from your parents i said Mm, yeah that's gonna be tough but uh yeah you can come on over so i i told my dad i was like hey um you know i took the asvab and um got some recruiters that want to come and talk um the first one that's coming over is the marines and my dad's like yeah well you're not doing that (laughs) and i felt so bad the freaking guy that came over was a corporal yeah and you could tell that he was fresh on the trail and oh, yeah, I'm sure. he sat down, he was just sweating bullets, you know, and my dad just grilled him, you know, <sighs> what, what, what skills is he going to get when he gets out? And, you know, what type of civilian transition marketing is he going to have to, be, you know, to be able to yeah. have something after he gets done with the military and da, 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 And then, and then the recruiter left and my dad's like, yeah, you're not doing that. And yeah. I'm like, okay. So, uh, I was, Going to do that, and then my, you know, my dad was connected to the uh, Navy. He was never he never was in the Navy, but when he was in college, he was a part of Navy ROTC. Sure. Um, yeah. About the time I was ready to graduate, my brother was in the Navy. He was an avionics technician on the USS Kitty Hawk, um, and so my dad was a avionics technician for Beechcraft at the time. So it was just kind of a foregone conclusion that I would just follow this the same path yeah and then my brother he's like did you realize
0: dude. it's the navy like, <laughs> yeah.
1: <"That's
0: kidding."> no
1: <laughs> <laughs> so my brother my brother he actually talked to me on the phone and he was like he was in japan at the time hmm. and uh he said uh look dude here's the thing you've got the whole life the whole rest of your life ahead of you um There is no reason for you to jump into the military right now. What I would suggest you do, the best advice he ever gave me, what I suggest you do is go to college for one semester. And if you like it, keep on going. If you don't like it, you've only lost six months, then military is going to be there. Then you can make a decision after that. And that's what I ended up
0: doing. That's great advice out there.
1: And let me tell you, I, it's, this is going to pay off here. you know, I'll explain it to you here in a bit. But um, yeah. so, I got into college, um, just community college, uh, mm-hmm. just outside of Wichita, and um, started doing my associate's degree. It took me a little bit longer than I expected to because whoopsie i got my girlfriend knocked up you know so um
0: life takes over
1: (laughs) it does right um so knocked up my girlfriend next thing i know i'm working full-time i'm going to school full-time i'm trying to raise a kid Mm. and um also at the same time trying to help you know my baby's mama get through school as well you know right so uh, just life takes over, and then the next thing I know that um, you know I get married to my my son's mom, and and uh, she says, "Hey, I've got uh, I've got accepted into Manhattan Christian College in Manhattan, Kansas, and um, I'm taking it up. So um, either you find a new job, or um, we're going to have to be apart for." a time. And I was like, okay, yeah, we'll figure it out. Um, Hey, funny story. There's this thing called Fort Riley and it's right outside Manhattan. And I could just join the, uh, join the army, you know,
0: <laughs> how about that?
1: So, um, February 27th of 2000, I went to MEPS and raised my right hand and join the army. Um, became a tanker uh, long story short I won't go That's into that but awesome. um, yeah became a tanker and the interesting thing was with the army and same with the Navy the the world's your oyster you can pick just about any job you know uh, yeah. you get into um, I suppose the Air Force is kind of the same way but like with the Marines
0: it's a little different
1: yeah. yeah your your destination is pretty predetermined for you right
0: a lot of it a lot of it is um you know to get into some specialty stuff you have to score mm-hmm. and then i remember you know scoring very high in the asvab and i knew what i wanted to do and then when i got to boot camp i got pulled out of boot camp at least five or six times to take uh linguistic class uh tests and see how quickly i can learn different languages i had to take uh two different iq tests uh, all these different things and you're like okay what's all this about and no one, i noticed like there's me and one other guy was getting pulled out all this time and no one else was and i didn't i didn't understand as i didn't know anything about it but there are certain things that you'll have to continue to, to do testing for but you're right in the marine corps um everyone's a rifleman uh, no matter what job you have so you really there's not a ton I mean, there's probably, I don't know the percentages, maybe 25%, at the most 50% of the jobs available, but we're also much, much smaller than you guys are. There's only, yeah. mm-hmm. I think when I was there, there's was like 150 Marines in the world at the time. So we're very much smaller. So I think that we all have our different, each branch has their different missions. Yeah. And the Army's mission is obviously much, much bigger than the Marine Corps' mission, you know? Yeah,
1: absolutely. So, um, you know, I, I was, I scored very well in the ASVAB and was given the choice. They said, you can pretty much do anything you want, yep. uh, but you can't do military <laughs> intelligence. And I was like, okay, I'm fine so with nice. that. But, um, <clears throat> but I'm sitting there and I had grown up Navy, Navy yeah. orientated, you know, and um, avionics technician uh when i went to the navy recruiter they were trying to get me into some type of like um
0: nuclear technician on a sub you know
1: and my brother's like no do not do that
0: i don't know if i'd want to be on a sub i mean you know i I just i don't think i don't think that would be fun maybe i'm wrong but
1: yeah i don't know um, uh but he his his selling point was hey look dude you don't want to be on a sub and you don't want to be a nuclear engineer um or engineer mate or whatever they call it um because you're going to be the first one on the boat and you're going to be the last one off and yeah you don't want to do that so okay well then i get into the navy or into the army and i'm like um i don't know what job there is i mean i don't want to be an infantry guy yeah but i want to do something that i i want to do something that i feel like. Fits my personality. Yeah. And yeah, I could have gone, I could have gone military police. I could have gone, um, I could have gone electrician or welder or a Black Hawk crew chief or wh- whatever, you know? But I was like, mm, no, I want to be, I'm a scrapper. I'm a fighter. I got suspended from high school so many times for fighting. Um, you know, because
0: uh, I want to bl- blow something up or something, exactly,
1: you know, <laughs> exactly, yeah. so um, they they said, well, I mean, if you want, you could you could be on tanks. And I was like, yes, let's
0: do that. Tanks sound cool. Um, that sounds awesome. Yeah. With years of expertise and experience, Ariskany Arms is proud to be regarded as a firearms manufacturing leader. Every decision is inspired by the main mission, which is to prove the highest standard of product and services to both retailers and customers. Ariskany Arms took their expertise and introduced a line of full-size American-made series 1911, chambered in 45 ACP, 10mm, and 9mm. So go check out the Hyperion Munitions website and click on the Ariskany Arms tab. So, um...
1: Joined in, like I said, joined in two thousand. Um, ended up at Fort Riley, uh, which is
0: great. Uh, let me ask trail. you a question before you move on. Were you able? Um, were you able to request Fort Riley, or did you just happen to get really lucky?
1: No, I was able to request request it because in two thousand, um, incidentally, for whatever reason, they started a slow ramp up, and this was actually before the election of two thousand. Okay. Right? So, election yeah. heading that not happen, but all of a sudden the military started ramping up. And so, they, at least for the Army, they were offering up to a $20,000 sign on bonus for mm. new recruits. Now,
0: my cousin,
1: I hate to sidetrack, but I'm trying to make this as.
0: No, you're as fine. No, you're great. Up, but yeah. but my cousin, kind of, this is really interesting. So, yeah. yeah.
1: So, my cousin had joined the Army. And um, had been promised a certain duty station and ended up getting that duty station. Then all of a sudden, like two years into their enlistment, oh, you got to go to Korea. And they got separated from their family. And, um, you know, my cousin, woman, who was, you know, has family, has kids, that's pretty pretty difficult. I mean it's kind of it's unheard weird, of right? especially in 2000. There was nothing nothing yeah. going on then. Why yeah. does she have to go to Korea, you know? So she gave me some advice. She said, "Hey, look. When you enlist, do not do 4 years because if you do 4 years, then you have that time where they can pull you away and send you to Korea. Mm-hmm. So what you do is you sign up, you get stabilization, you sign up for 3 years, you got your uh, your boot camp, your AIT, and then you get stabilization for at least two years. That gets you at two and a half. They can't send you to any other because place.
0: you've only got six months left.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I said, okay. I took that piece of advice. I went to EPS and I said, okay, this is what I want. I want to be a 19 kilo tanker. I want Fort Riley and I want three years. And they're like, well, I mean, we'll haggle with you. And they haggle with me and they say, okay, we got it all figured out. Are you sure you want to do three years? If you do yes. if you do four years, we'll give you a $19,000 sign-on bonus. If you do three years, it's only $9,000. What do you want to do here? And I was like, Ooh, yeah, interesting, it, right? Uh, they put that carrot right in front of you.
0: They know what they're doing.
1: Yeah, they did. I said, no, nah, I got to do three years. I said, okay, okay, fine. So I did three years uh, signed up for three years. Uh, unbeknownst to me, um, something happened while I was in basic training. So I went to basic training, uh, for tankers. Uh, it is a one-stop unit training or what they call OSIT. They do it for tankers, uh, Cav scouts, infantry guys, and I think artillery guys. So your combat arms peeps. Um, so I was basic training for 17 weeks straight. um, you know, got done with that. Went to Fort Riley, uh, got into my my first unit, and uh, was there for seven months. Uh, excuse me, I was there. I was there for fourteen months, uh, and all of a sudden one day, I get called and we have a formation, and they said, "Hey, uh, where's, uh, where's Specialist Grimsley?" So I'm like, "Yeah, right here." Uh, they're like, "Yeah, you got a levy brief." And I was like, hmm, "What's what's a levy brief?" And then all the guys around me is like, "Oh, somebody's going to Korea." Gosh. So what happened while I was in basic training? They rescinded that stabilization um, memorandum that they had. And uh, to
0: the United States military.
1: That's exactly right. And sure enough, um, I, after 14 months of being in the military, uh, they said, "You sir are going to Korea," uh, which.
0: Ended now, did being, they extend you, or or do they they have to extend your contract, or no, or no, no, what? No, 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 oh, no, 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 no. Okay.
1: Um, uh, <laughs> I ended up. Uh, I guess I guess that's fourteen months isn't correct. I had been at Fort Riley for seven months, so I still had two years left in my contract. So that's why I went to Korea. Yeah. Um, So I ended up in Korea in 2002. uh, Was there basically from January of 2002 to January 2003, and I'll tell you, it was it was best best year of my life. I didn't know it at the time.
0: I I spent some time in Korea um, briefly. I wasn't there stationed there, but we spent some time there. Um, But yeah, I spent my my overseas uh, station was Okinawa, Japan. I was only actually on island i was there for about a year but i was actually only there for about five or six months because we were gone doing stuff but i met my wife there like best years also awesome. i was 19 years old 20 years old and loving life but um but i also chose to go there um because i figured you know I, i'm not gonna ever go to japan and i can make them pay me for it and and all that stuff but I, I i really enjoyed it but yeah when, when you're not expecting it um probably not the greatest news you had i bet
1: no but the biggest you know for me um it, it really hit the family hard but for me yeah i was like this is this is why i joined the military you know i wanted to join the military to go see the world That's um right. and so, this is this a really cool opportunity. Well, I spent my year in Korea. I got uh, promoted to sergeant while I was there. So, E5. I made E5 in yep. two years, which was pretty cool. Nice. Um, uh, got back. And as soon as I hit ground uh, back at Fort Riley, uh, I had to re-enlist while I was in
0: Korea. Oh, okay. You are over there. Right. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, because they said... If I remember correctly, they were telling me that if I didn't re enlist, then there's no guarantee that I would end back up at Fort Riley. Um, so and I had to go back to Fort Riley because my yeah. wife at the time was still in college. So yeah. okay, fine. I'll re enlist. I'm just gonna stay in anyway, right? And um got Fort Riley, got a sign on bonus to re enlist as well, and wow. came back to Fort Riley and we were doing our uh, newcomers brief by the uh, assistant division commander for Maneuver. He came in and said, you know, hey, this is just for the NCOs. All the Joes, get out of here. They all leave. The ADCM. Um, he was like, hey, guys. Um,
0: we're going. Sergeant, we're going. <laughs> yeah,
1: uh, don't unpack your bags. Yep. This is this is January of yeah. 2003 they said at that time they're like don't unpack your bags you're, you're leaving soon yeah so um and yeah i was home for mm, about three months from yeah. korea and off off to uh off to baghdad did you
0: have a sense did you have a sense that that was probably going to happen because obviously you know a year after a year and a half after you get in towers fall g starts being the MOS uh, of a tanker, you got to figure this is what we're here for. Like, yeah. did you figure eventually this was going to happen?
1: I didn't. I wasn't sure. I wasn't really connected with worldly events at the time. Obviously, I knew, obviously, nine eleven. Funny sure. story. Uh, we were supposed to fly to NTC for Irwin, California, to do our uh, our NTC rotation. Uh, NTC, Sanford's uh, uh, National Training Center. The army goes there, they'll send a battalion or a brigade to the NTC. We play in the sandbox for a little bit. It's to basically uh, it's the grade card for a battalion or a brigade commander.
0: It's an assessment. And, yeah, absolutely. I know what okay, you're talking right. about. We call and, it different things. But yeah, everyone goes through all of that.
1: Yeah. yeah I think t- 29 Palms is
0: yours. 29. Yeah. yeah, we would go up to the stumps and uh, play uh, in the as, as a box, as you would say. Yeah. And yeah, you're, you're assessed on readiness. You're assessed on doing your job proficiently. You're given different tasks. You have X amount of time to complete tasks. It's, 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 it's a, like you said, it's a, a report card, if you will.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, uh, we were actually supposed to fly just a couple of days after nine 11, we were all oh, prepped wow. up ready to go. Yeah. We had already sent our vehicles on the railhead to go to, uh, the national training center. Um, and we're just waiting to catch our flight, and then 9 11 happens. Um, so it, it was about, uh, I want to say, uh, maybe 10, 14 days after 9 11, you know, things kind of calmed down enough for us to yeah. catch a chartered flight to, um, uh, California. Um, but after that, you know, I wasn't around for very much longer, went to Korea, came back from Korea, um, then uh got back to my same unit that i had left which is
0: oh wow that's interesting
1: yeah it's not something that happens very often but i wanted to get back because all my friends were still there and uh as soon as i got back to kansas from korea i went straight to the sergeant major and said hey um sergeant major uh, I don't know if you remember me, but uh, just got back from Korea. I was the battalion commander's tank driver before I left, and I'd like to come back. and He's like, "Yep, give me your name, give me your social, we'll get you here." And sure enough, I was right back there. But incidentally, they had been getting tons of personnel into the unit, so oh, they didn't I imagine they didn't have a spot for me. Ooh. So they were like. We're gonna put you in operations and we're gonna make you um yeah, we'll make you the schools NCO. Have fun with that. <laughs> so what what is what does a schools NCO do in, a, in the S three shop when you get deployed?
0: I have no idea.
1: Anything major wants you to do. <laughs> so I ended up being um I ended Sergeant up Major's I
0: mean, bitch basically, huh?
1: Pretty much, but realistically, I
0: became… It could be worse if you're going to be someone else's bitch, at least it's a Sergeant Major's bitch, you know?
1: Yeah, pretty much. But <sighs> I was the junior most NCO of the mm. S3 shop, and the only thing that they could really come up with was basically an RTO. I was the battalion talk RTO NCOIC, I guess, if you want to call it. That's a, that's yeah. a
0: title right there, man. That's a yeah, title right there. So uh,
1: my first job in, um, in, on the deployment, once we took off for Iraq, uh, we landed in Kuwait, and my very first job was burning shit. Literally. Uh, yes, that was my very first job. It's like oh, this is exactly what I signed up for.
0: <laughs> oh, 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 oh. oh, people just don't understand the reality of, of yeah. uh, what happens. Yeah, but you know,
1: uh, uh, but, you know it, it turned out to be it turned the the deployment actually turned out to be really really good. Um, ended up uh, being able to do some foot patrols um, as yeah. as a RTO. Uh, the very first foot patrol that I ever did, I wasn't, I didn't have a per M I wasn't issued a rifle. I was issued a pistol. So they're like, well, if you're going to go on a, if you're going to go on a foot patrol, you need a rifle. So, um, just, just go over to the arms room and talk with our, our guy and, uh, he'll get you set up with a rifle. So I went over and talked to him and I said, Hey, um, I need a rifle. And he's like, well, uh, we don't have anything to give you except for uh, well, we got this. We got this AK forty seven over here. Do you know how to use one of those? And I was like, Yes, yeah, actually, matter of <laughs> fact, I do. My dad has one, yeah. <laughs> and uh, never touched it before in my life. But my dad right. did have one, and uh, they gave me. You might, have,
0: you, you might have known the manual of arms or something. At least you're familiar with it, right? no No, not at all i knew
1: that this was the trigger and this is where you hold it but i didn't understand the safety lever at all and so okay whatever but they they gave me an uh uh, under folder ak-47 and that's a
0: great first rifle ever to be issued that's (laughs) incredible
1: so here i am walking around baghdad with the with an ak (laughs) And all these kids are coming up and they're like, where did you get this? You know, of course they're not talking in English, but they're pointing and they're like, like, so, you know, me being, uh, you know, the American that I am, I'm just like, Oh, I
0: killed an Iraqi and I took it. (laughs) (laughs) You want a Snickers bar? (laughs) Right. Right. So that is awesome. That is uh, awesome.
1: Yeah, So um, not too long after that first patrol, there was an incident in one of the uh, line units, and um, they actually ended up firing the platoon sergeant and his gunner. And there was an E-7 in the operations office or operation shop S-3 uh, that didn't have a job as well. And they're like, you're the new platoon sergeant. Go find yourself a gunner. And I'd kind of buddied up with him. And he's like, hey, Grim, you want to you wanna become, you want to be my gunner? And I was like, let's yep, go. let's do it. So let's only about, this. I would say probably only about five weeks into my year deployment, I was finally back on a tank as a gunner yeah. in Baghdad. and uh, <laughs> And this was 2003. So it was like Wild West. You know,
0: so my next question was going to be What's the craziest story? I'm assuming that maybe one of those craziest stories comes at this point.
1: Yeah, I've got a couple different ones. Um, Um, so, oh man, I've got, man, I've got more than a couple. Let's do the first one the first, the first situation that we ever ended up running into um, it was pretty quiet. You know, uh, we didn't, we weren't part of the spearhead into Baghdad or anything like that. We got there right after the thunder run into Baghdad. So we were all about stability operations, right? So I don't want to portray myself as, you know, being a tank gunner and we just went in there and blew up a whole bunch of T-72s, nothing like that. No, but we were tasked with, Combat patrols within Baghdad, uh, stability operations, that type of thing, and um, we get into the summer. And I don't know if you guys, I don't know if you remember these two guys. They're not really the most popular dudes, but Uday and Kuse. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You remember when he when they got they uh, were taken uh, down?
0: the the golden children, if they if mm-hmm. you will,
1: yeah. yeah. So Saddam's two boys, they ended up getting uh, basically squashed by their own house, right? Yeah, um, yeah, And that night, Baghdad just popped off. I mean, you had freaking people celebratory fire into the air, you know. Everybody's in the streets. What goes
0: up must come down, folks. Let's just be real about it. <laughs> that,
1: that, that is true. That is absolutely true. But there was a whole bunch of celebratory fire. There's people in the streets. They were happy about everything going on, and um, we had we still had a mission. One of our missions was to uh, go and post up at just outside of an Iraqi police station, mm-hmm. and to just guard it. You know, we were just sitting there guarding. And we are hanging out. Um, My driver uh, actually is my loader who was actually driving the tank. We had, we're down some personnel. So we had to run a three man tank instead of four. So my loader, my loader was driving. I was loading tank commander was doing dual duty as gunner tank commander. So, Me and my tank commander, platoon sergeant, uh, we are in the hatches and my driver is out of the hatch, leaning up against the front slope of the turret, turned to us, talking with us. And just at the moment that I looked down and saw that my Kevlar, I had taken my Kevlar off and laid it down. I looked down at it and I was like, man, I should probably put that on. So I went ahead and put it back on. At that moment, bang swoosh. If anybody knows that sound, you're probably going to trigger some PTSD.
0: Oh my God.
1: Dude, dude popped around the corner, saw us, and I don't think that we were the intended target, but he popped around the target with an RPG and shot at us. Just shot at us. Freaking. If you've ever seen Black Hawk Down, right? Black Hawk Down has all of these. Yeah, great movie. Love very it. Just
0: realistic, very realistic movie, let's be It honest. is.
1: It really, really is. And I actually just watched it on uh, October 13th, Friday the 13th, the, 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 the day of days, the I guess. The
0: days, yeah. Sitting yeah. there watching
1: that movie, loading magazines. I was in
0: Mogadishu a year, almost to the day after Black Hawk Down. That's when we oh, landed God. in Mogadishu. It's crazy. it's crazy.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um. But anyway, um, so watching Black Hawk Down, you watch these these Somalis with their RPGs, and you you know it has the little poof in the sea. It, that is not what it sounds like. It is a massive bang, and then you get a, a flash a- of light right in front of you. Right if if they miss you, and luckily enough for us, they they did miss, but it seemed seemed i don't know if it's true or not but it yeah. seemed if it just flew right in front of me like yeah. in between my, my driver and me on the tank oh, Wow! Flew right over us and uh, that was the first time we had ever been engaged so i s- dropped down into the At into that the terrain one right Dropped down into the turret, popped back up, charged to 240, launched a couple of rounds. My uh, my platoon sergeant slash tank commander, he uh, picked up his M4 and was like, pop. <laughs> it's like, yeah. and I just like turned to him yeah. and was like, really? Is that is that what we're doing? <laughs> yeah.
0: We're, we're going to do that when I've got the 240 Bravo? Like, come on, man. I, I got this. I got this. Yeah. You just sit there look pretty, you know.
1: So um, it was actually a really big wake-up call because we we had never experienced anything at that point. And it yeah. wasn't just maybe a week or so after that, we, uh, we got hit with an IED. Um, mm-hmm. Fast forward from Ude and Kuse's incident, then we captured um, Saddam. That same night, we got shot at with another RPG. Luckily mm-hmm. enough, they're really bad shots because they missed us again. Um, I'll never forget that 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 night because we were sitting post up at a gas station because Saddam had been caught. Baghdad is basically rioting in celebration yeah. because of it. Right? We had we were tasked to go to a gas station to make sure that uh, people didn't like steal all the gas petrol busy whatever you want to call it, it and
0: makes sense sure
1: um my loader who was driving the first time we got shot at he was now we had our crew was full up so he was in the loader's hatch and he was telling us about how he single-handedly had caught saddam and uh, how he had uh, uh had um hooked up with some delta force guys and was able to find them and everything and he was just going on this big stupid show you know this stupid story and he's like you don't you remember you remember that i had to i had to leave last night right and we're like yeah you went to the pisser and he's like no 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 that's not where i went you know i so think went into this big long story and then he's like oh crap and we're like what and he's like they just shot at us and we're like yeah shut the fuck You know, shut up, you know, whatever. And
0: and he did. No, I'm dead serious. We just got shot at by an RPG. And Now, let me ask you this real quick. An RPG hits an Abrams tank. How bad could it get? Depends on where they hit it,
1: right? So if they hit the front front slope or if they hit the front slope of the turret, let's say, Mm -hmm. there is 24 inches of depleted uranium armor. It's not doing anything, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, if anything, if there's personnel up out of the hatches, well, sure, they're pro- yeah, they're going to get hit with some shrapnel. That could cause some casualties, if not KIAs. Yeah. Um, right. My roommate from Korea, Brud Cronkite, um, good salt of the earth type of dude. That's that's what got him. Freaking mm. RPG was shot Thrapnel. at his tank. It, well, eh, the the RPG got shot at the tank and it deflected off of the uh, the front slope and took him. So, uh, shrapnel or the projectile itself, whatever you want to call the it,
0: actual t- yeah, the projectile, yeah, wow, t- took him. Um, it, it could take a track out pretty easily, could it not?
1: Yeah, like a one one three or maybe one yeah. of the um, wow lav threes is that what they call it with they are with the marine
0: we call it lavs yeah yeah
1: uh, maybe even it, it, it would it would probably damage a, a striker pretty bad okay um,
0: okay yeah. okay
1: uh, but if, if abrams you hit, are pretty solid though they are pretty solid unless you get it like right up the butt or in the back of the turret that's going to be where it's probably not as armored you know so uh, luckily for us both times they missed us um so there was that Uh, um there's another time uh, (laughs) we were we were informed that there was um there was an ied that we needed to go check out and where we were stationed in baghdad we were at the um Interchange of the Abu Ghraib Highway that would run east and west, and then Route One that ran north and south. We were right there.
0: Pretty big and intersection.
1: It is, yeah. Just to the east of Highway One on Abu Ghraib is a uh, kind of a flyover for pedestrians, for them to walk over the highway, right? And we had been told that there was there was a A bomb that was underneath that so we draw we we roll up and sure enough there's a one one five five round just sitting there and my uh my tank tank
0: yeah
1: it was like my tank commander was like hey hey grim what is that and i walk over there and i look at it and i was like i turn around and look at him and i was like it's a one five five round and he's like is it, is it hooked up? And I was like, no. And he's like, well, I'll just bring it over here.
0: <laughs> so wow.
1: I pick up this 155 round, throw it on my shoulder, and walk across three lanes of highway <laughs> and throw it on the back of the tank.
0: <laughs> Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? You know? That's hilarious. Stupid-
1: Another time we got flagged down by some pedestrians and they were pointing down in the ditch. Once again, my, t- my, my tank commander was like, hey, Grim, What's that over there? And I walk over there and I look down in the weeds and look back up at him. And it's like, it's a grenade. And he's like, well, just bring it on over here.
0: <laughs> so here you I am. Use it.
1: Let's go. Come on. <laughs> I get the Soviet grenade and walk over to the tank and put it into the muscle uh, rack.
0: <laughs> that is so awesome. That I'm is great. You,
1: 2003 was the Wild West when it comes to, you know, yeah. obviously stability operations in Baghdad. Uh, at least in my sector if if we wanted to do something if we were bored let's go do a combat patrol there were times that we would we would leave our fob like dead serious we would leave the fob in a combat patrol with two tanks um to go get pizza
0: why wouldn't you
1: Dead serious. We we found a uh pizzeria in our sector. Was it good that,
0: pizza, by the way?
1: It was okay. It was different. Yeah,
0: it was pizza. Yeah.
1: It was it was very, very thin. They always had an olive in the center of it, but it was it was cooked in a wood fire stove, right?
0: Okay. All right. Yeah.
1: So we would get everybody's order, and they were like fourteen inch size pizzas, right? So they were pretty small.
0: So, yeah, everyone had their own at least, yeah.
1: Exactly. Yeah, so here here we are, a, a tank platoon's like 14 guys, so we, <laughs> we go and buy 14 pizzas and bring it back. <laughs> and that was, that they, was our call. No.
0: You're, you're, you're walking around a tank, so, I mean, they're not going to say no to you. Exactly, right. And, 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 and imagine your order got moved to the front of the line when they saw you strolling down the, the road. Oh, crap, they might be coming here.
1: Well, they knew that they could pretty much charge us whatever they wanted whatever yeah yeah because yeah no, I hear you. I, we, we we ended up with rolls of cash from you know yeah com- confiscated stuff sure. you know so absolutely, you know, it's, absolutely. yeah anyway it's
0: it was, it was quite the time, uh, to say the least. Um... Gear is a Florida-based international military arms manufacturer and equipment supplier. They produce customized solutions for American and international law enforcement, governmental agents, and the military. Gerasar manufactures both forged and billet AR-15 lowers, dedicated 9mm lowers, and 308 upper and lower receivers. So go check out the Hyperion's munitions website and click on the Garrisar arms tab. Real quick, uh,
1: got done with Baghdad, came home in April of 2004, ended up, uh, driving for a two star, uh, the, uh, commanding general of Fort oh, yeah. Riley drove for him for a couple of years. And I was actually going to get out at that point. I had been promoted to staff Sergeant. So, um, was able to make staff Sergeant E six in four years. And, um, Wow. um uh, was just kind of done with it and yeah. the uh the cg was like hey i, I don't want to see you get out let's let's see if we can work on your schooling and uh he was able to get me hooked up with a green to gold scholarship to finish oh, my wow. degree and commission as an officer and then um I did that. Unfortunately, I I, I went through a divorce um, at the same time that I was trying to complete school, and then uh, um, ended up divorcing my wife at the time. Year later, ended up meeting another girl and. Another, uh, sure fell in love with her and we got married. We She was in the ROTC program and nice. uh, did the dual military thing. She got stationed at Fort Campbell with the 101st. And uh, because of the military spouse program, I ended up getting stationed there too uh, as a logistician, uh, specifically an ordnance officer. So okay. uh, munitions, maintenance, that type of stuff. Um, went to Fort Campbell. Uh, Spent just a little bit over four years there. Deployed to Afghanistan in that time. Um, um, Did my year in Afghanistan. Came home. My wife at the time, um, uh, you know, my my daughter's mom. (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh, She she decided she was going to get out, and so I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm gonna get out too, and uh, ended up getting out, and we we both went back back home to uh, Wichita and then got a civilian job and been right doing that
0: ever doing since Well, yeah. right. no, I hear you veteran ammo is the ammunition brand produced by veteran owned and operated Hyperion munitions focused on the best quality training defense ammunition and hunting products they leverage their military backgrounds to ensure the ammunition works every time they offer products in center fire, handgun, rifle, and shot shell categories and are always adding product offerings. Go visit the Hyperion Munitions website and click on the Veteran Ammo tab. Talking military now, here, not in life, but military. Um, do you have any regrets? Or, you know, if you do, like, what was the, what was the biggest regret in the military?
1: My biggest regret in the military. Um, I have two. I have two. Mm -hmm. The first one, I talked about getting LASIK surgery and Mm -hmm. I I got LASIK surgery because I wanted to become a pilot. I wanted to become a warrant officer, but the packet that you have to fill out to apply to become a warrant officer was so big. It was like, (laughs) it was just like a, it was like a mountain to climb and I didn't know how to eh. do it. Yeah. And I just kind of gave up on it. Yeah. Yeah turns out that the packet is almost identical to the packet that you have to fill to apply for the green to gold program and i went through with that and became commissioned as an officer um Uh the second regret that i have is when i was commissioned i put all of my eggs into the aviation basket i wanted to become a pilot that's how bad i wanted to become a pilot so i was prepared Uh to Add time to my commission from four years to six years. Um, I was going to accept any installation mm-hmm. to become a pilot, and um, unfortunately, I just didn't make the cut. I wasn't high enough on the uh, yeah. order of merit. West. So, had I not done that, and had I just became, went back to the armor corps and became yeah. a platoon leader uh, in a tank unit or a scout unit, um, I probably would have excelled a little bit better than I had. I was still a really good, you know, lieutenant um yeah. in the ordinance corps as a as a logistician, but I just didn't really get it, you know? Um yeah. there were there were people around me that just were outshining me. Um yeah. And understood what needed to happen, like they could anticipate what needed to happen better than I could.
0: They knew the game or anticipated the game a little bit,
1: exactly. Because logistics is more of three D chess, whereas combat arms is like kinetic, you know, two dimensional type of thing. And I didn't go to the armor corps because I already knew that my wife was at. Fort Campbell, there's no tanks at Fort Campbell. Right. There's, there's scout platoons. There's scout units. There's there's you know cavalry units, and I yeah. could have gone there as a 19 series, yeah. um, but I didn't know that, and that that's that's the only other regret that I have. But you know, outside of that, yeah. not not too big. So yeah.
0: Um. So. This is a question that I get asked by people that didn't serve, or especially kids that are thinking about. And I get a lot of people say, "Hey, you know about military?" And obviously, I would tell them go Air Force. And I just if if you want to go, go Air Force. Let's just be real. Um, no, I I, I will I, I will say that if people are looking to go to school and looking for a nice lifestyle and all that, Air Force is the way to go. Now. Obviously, I'm going to push them where I think they should belong. Um, But a lot of people ask me, like, well, what does it mean to serve? Mm -hmm. And I've I've heard that more and more in the last probably 10 years. And I never, I I was just like, what do you mean? Um, And so uh, you start thinking about, like, what does it mean to serve? And I think everybody has their own reason for serving, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So for you, if someone were to ask you, what does it mean to serve? What would your answer be?
1: It really boils down to exactly what you said at the very beginning of the podcast: is that you know there's something bigger than yourself, and you're contributing to something bigger to yourself. Um, the The concept of being within a community that has each other's back, no matter what, you know, um, to to be a servant, and it mm. seems really odd, but realistically you are a servant to the United States right you're there the to absolutely exactly you're, up there, you're there to uphold and defend the Constitution of the United States um, I don't necessarily agree with the direction that a lot of the uh, you know politicians are pushing our foreign policy right now but at the you know it, it's things are really going sideways real quick right now however
0: pretty bad it's pretty bad it's interesting time in history honestly right now it really uh, is. there's many different fronts that bad stuff could happen in a minute's notice
1: yeah i mean you, you were just talking about the uh the marine birthday coming up here on november 10th and sitcom just canceled their ball you know because of first operational time in
0: 248 years Mm-hmm. operational commitments which tells me and i talked to some buddies that night when i came out and i was like you know, some guys that i know they're still in the know and they're like we're spinning up somewhere we're going somewhere we don't know but don't be surprised in the next week or two you're going to see marines spinning up somewhere and that's yep. they've never canceled the marine corps 248 years
1: now the, the other side of it is on the army side of it they just told 400 ish soldiers on in the army hey um you're, you're now a recruiter and you have two weeks to get to recruiting school holy cow! Uh, you remember your orders was saying that you're going to become a drill sergeant Nah, nah no you're so not doing much. that anymore Mm-mm. oh and by the way you have two weeks Figure it out yeah, so th- that's something that Maybe I just there saw. Enough
0: people going to boot camp; they didn't didn't need dronester. They need people actually recruiting people to come in at this point. I don't know. Yeah,
1: yeah. It, well, it, it is very interesting because, again, <laughs> uh, so my wife uh, that I met uh, in ROTC, and you know, mm-hmm. we got married, went to Fort Campbell together. Unfortunately, in 2019, we got a divorce. Um, but we are, we're like best friends. I just talked to her today on the phone. You know, I talked to her yesterday on the phone. We talk to each other every day, almost seems like, um, better friends as uh, spouses than we were as married, you know, but, um, the, uh, interesting thing with her is she just did an 89 day. TDY or an 89 day temporary duty assignment where her job as a field grade officer, she's a major, her job was to go to all of these different recruiting stations and to basically lean six Sigma, their recruiting kind of strategy for that area to find ways to entice people to join the army. let that sink in for a second they sent a field grade officer a major to recruiting stations to help them plus up their numbers because the regional battalion commander for those recruiting stations couldn't do it for them that's how bad it's gotten
0: you know it's, it's interesting um When I was in the nineties, we were during the Clinton era and that's when he was trying to downsize the footprint of the U S military. They froze promotions. Um, they, it was terrible, right? Towards the end, it was terrible. And, um, so much. So my wife and a lot of people know this, but when I got out of the Marine Corps, I had a really bad taste in my mouth about the Marine Corps. And it took me a couple of years to, to kind of get over that, um, and then nine eleven happens, and they didn't have to for what 10, fifteen years. they never had to worry about their numbers. It was we got more than we need, you know, and it's interesting now that we're you know twenty 20 plus years out of 9 eleven and gee over basically um, that now they're coming back to that struggling. We need to uh, fill spots up, which is very interesting. It's all cyclical, obviously, but I wonder if the politics and our foreign policy and all the stuff, maybe how we left Afghanistan, all of this stuff combined may have something to do with people like not wanting to serve. Uh, yep. and it may not be not wanting to be in the military, but not wanting to serve where our country is right now, and that's sad. You know, it
1: is, it really is. Um, Just, just a side note, the, those 400 soldiers, I'm using round figures here, but those 400 soldiers that just got told that you're now going to be a recruiter. If you are an E5 sergeant, the moment that you complete recruiting school, you're now an E6. Yeah. If you are able to recruit 24 people within a 20, if you're able to recruit 24 people into the military within a 12 month period, automatic promotion to E7. So let's just take my, my experience uh, as a soldier. Uh, When I was enlisted, you know, I made E5 at two years, right? So, So I'm, I'm a Sergeant, you know, been a Sergeant for maybe six months. And then all of a sudden I get orders to become a recruiter okay so i go and do a recruiting school that's i don't know I don't, i'm not exactly sure how long it is but let's say that that's like six months right it's probably sure. not that long but let's say it's six months so now i'm at year a three two year
0: duty is that a two-year duty i guess or is that a one yeah. year yeah
1: yeah, it's yeah typically 24 months at least yeah. um so i'm an e5 at two years at the Two year six month mark, I get my orders to become a recruiter. By the time I get done with that, I'm at year three. I'm now promoted to E six with this new policy that they just had. Right, year three, and I am just, I'm just a go getter, and I'm able to go and get out those twenty four people
0: 24, and e within e, two, e seven at this point.
1: seven at four years, four years. Now, to put it in perspective. When I was in, back in my day, when I was in, my platoon sergeant in Korea was an E-7 at nine years, and that was fast-track. That was a fast-track duty. He joined at 18. He was 27 and an E-7.
0: Uh, Moving on into civilian world. So you, you do all of this. And you get out, and you 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 get this job, and, and you have this life, and you start the YouTube thing, you start the training, all of that stuff. Uh, we're gonna get into some of that here in a little bit, but real quick, um, the gist of this is what ha- what did you learn in the military? that transitioned you to help you be successful, like skills or mindsets or whatever that allowed you to be successful in your civilian life after the uh, the military?
1: Yeah. So that's it's a really tough question to answer, but I can mm. bring it into one very concise idea. Sure. And it is the concept of, having a sense of urgency, right? Uh, and, and, and when you, especially for combat arms, when when you're a tanker, an infantry guy, an artillery guy, even a scout, um, orderman, you know, whatever, there is always a go, go, go mentality, right? Charge towards the cannons, you know, that type of thing and it transcends all of your daily activities so you never want to be the last guy falling into the formation you never want to be the last guy packing up your stuff or whatever the case may be so there was always this internal competition or even this internal anxiety that
0: you've got to get things done you got to get things done with years of expertise and experience a arms is proud to be regarded as a firearms manufacturing leader Every decision is inspired by the main mission, which is to prove the highest standard of product and services to both retailers and customers. Ariskany Arms took their expertise and introduced a line of full size American made series 1911 chambered in 45 ACP, 10 millimeter and 9 millimeter. So go check out the Hyperion Munitions website and click on the Ariskany Arms tab. Knowing what you know now. Um, is there any advice for the guys and gals that are getting ready to either retire or just transition out and, and their EAS is coming up and they're going to transition out uh, of the service knowing now versus what you knew then, is there anything that you could give advice to and say, Hey, uh, this is something you might want to think about or you might want to do.
1: Yeah. Um, y- I know for a fact that those programs for transitioning soldiers have improved quite a bit. Um, Extract every bit of information that you can look into uh, the voc rehab programs that the VA offers. Um, I can tell you it's really not my forte, but voc rehab offers some really great opportunities to learn how to become a welder or an electrician or a line serviceman for power companies. Yeah. Those people, those jobs, are a lot you, of are people... Are you talking
0: about a Wichita linesman? Surely you didn't just go there. Wow, <laughs> what a great... What, what are the odds of Wichita... No, it's a great Glenn Campbell song. For most of you people that are listening, you have no idea who Glenn Campbell is, but he had a great song called the Wichita linesman. Never mind, never there- mind. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but uh no so these these jobs a lot of people don't really think about um and and just don't yeah you know really uh, think that they could fit into those those jobs but i can tell you uh a line serviceman for a power company coming out of community college, voc rehab, whatever, you, vocational school coming out of that immediate starting position is usually about 60,000, you know, which with benefits
0: with good benefits.
1: benefits. Yes. And in most cases for these vocational schools that train these guys to become, you know, servicemen um, more, more times than not, you front the money for the first like semester or maybe the first year, and then they have a scholarship program that they end up paying for the remainder of your time in school, and then you are automatically you have a job into. for yeah exactly right. You there might be a two know, or three year
0: commitment, but they're going to pay for your school. That's great.
1: Um, working with the um job fair um here at Fort Riley. And just being, you know, an an advocate for the programs that they have. I know that uh, there are companies such as like um, uh, Caterpillar. You know, Caterpillar is a uh, really interesting company that supports the uh, armed forces uh, very well. Uh, Here in the state of Kansas, they have a program that they will take individuals, put them through school, and then have a job ready for them. They pay for the school, and they have a job ready for them as a welder. Awesome. Wow. Yeah. And you're making, uh, I think as a as a welder, depending on audience and how well you are, they kind of test you a little bit, but you're talking salary somewhere in the 20s, I would say, probably $20 figure, somewhere between mm-hmm. the $15 and $20 mark, just starting. Starting out. Yeah. Which which you know, okay, may not necessarily sound like a lot when you have pro you have you know a lot of politicians calling for a fight for 15, you know, $15 minimum wage or whatever, but yeah. you know for someone just coming out of the military who might be a specialist making yeah. 20 bucks an hour is comparable or it's even upgrade. better.
0: Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Sure the other things that I will throw in there, too, is know your worth, right? W- when you're writing your resume, you need to explain every minute little thing that you did from a leadership perspective or, or even a technical yep. perspective. If you were in a very technical field in the military, you need to explicitly outline every little thing that you did. And the reason why I say that is when I got out and got my first civilian job, I ended up taking about a $30,000 pay cut to go from, from a um, O2E pay grade. So, you know, I had prior service as a right. first Lieutenant when I got out. So I was making pretty good money. You know, we're talking, yep. Uh, 2013, I guess. Uh, when I finally got out, I was making in the 70s, 70k. Yep. Um, got out with a lot of with a
0: lot of free benefits, so it's exactly. really nice. health yeah. care, dental, dental. Yep, uh, everything. You know, you had, I had yeah, my so daughter for eighteen dollars, I believe. Twenty five dollars. Yeah, twenty five dollars
1: for yeah. my for my daughter, uh, but. Um, making sure that you have that resume filled out as best as you possibly can to, uh, to, to, to really get that, get that job, get that really good job. And then to negotiate for your salary, you know, if, if, if you're, if you're going into that type of line of work now, if you're, if you're transitioning and you're going to something that is, you know, an hourly, an hourly wage, you might need to you might be able to have the ability to uh, negotiate your your salary then too but for individuals that are transitioning from say like what I did in logistics moving from military logistics to an operations supervisor for a logistics company right i was a salary employee and i negotiated my salary i didn't get what i wanted but i got i, I walked in as the new guy getting paid more than the guys that had been there already, you know? So, exactly. um, but yeah, um,
0: yeah, I'd, I'd tell people all the time and, and what you said about knowing your worth and knowing your worth also, if you're out there listening, um, is also skills and skill sets and yeah. mindsets of knowing your worth. Uh, a lot of people are told that without a college degree, that you'll never make it in today's world. And basically what I'll tell you is a college degree is a piece of paper that said for four or five years you were able to accomplish these goals. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what your DD-214, your honorable discharge is? It's a piece of paper that said for four, five, eight, eight, 12, 20, whatever it is, you were able to accomplish these certain tasks. Now, as an employer... And I'm hiring people, and I have a 20, let's just take these in in generalities, a 22-year-old kid that graduated from college or a 22-year-old kid that spent four years in the military. And all things are equal. Who am I taking? I'm taking the military guy. Not because I'm a veteran myself, but look. You understand the value of time, like you said, urgency, but you understand the value of time. You understand the value of teamwork. You understand the value of mission accomplished under all circumstances. That's, these are skills that the 22-year-old kid that just graduated from a state college may probably do not have. So if you're out there listening and you don't know what your value is and you think that because you've been told for so long that you have to be XYZ to succeed in life, understand what you bring to the table. You bring leadership, you bring experience, you bring uh, an ability to work under high stress and high pressure environments, you understand teamwork and you understand the value of time. Yeah. Those are incredibly attractive traits that all employers are looking for. So don't ever think that you don't bring anything to the table. That's aside from the training that you've actually had at whatever your MOS is. That's aside from these are just general traits that every serviceman and woman is going to learn. So the people are out there saying, I don't bring anything to the table. Man, you bring a lot more than you think. You know,
1: yeah. and, and the I think I think the civilian sector is yearning for that. More so now, you know, I Um, I don't, I don't, I don't want to, I really don't want to talk down to anyone, but we have, we have a younger generation that is moving up that has this sense of entitlement. Yes, they do. Unfortunately, we kind of paved that path for them, you know? We we patted them on the bottom and we 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 gave them a trophy for every little thing that they did, you know, and and all these other things. Whether we realized we were doing harm or good, we don't know. You know, uh, we may not right. have known at that time, right? And and I'm going to say that that everyone did that. I'm not saying that no. at all. But no. I can I can reflect back. Our
0: generation that. a generation has done that. In yeah, for sure. You know, mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, Yeah um you know i don't i don't i th- I think i think if i think i was in the fifth grade when safety scissors became a thing you know it,
0: oh brought, man i don't I'm, I'm a little bit older than you are um might have been high school like it, yeah, it, it wasn't a thing it wasn't a thing for me because i was kind of past that age that we would need safety scissors you know yeah. so it wasn't if, a thing but I, know I i get when they came out yeah
1: if if someone fell off the uh if someone fell off the jungle gym and broke their arm you know that was a normal thing if if that didn't happen in a year we're like whoa what happened what, what's going on what exactly. what's in the water you know so um and and that's not to say that everyone in this younger generation is that way i know my son he my has my daughter's
0: not thank god yeah,
1: I, my son, he 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 got a free ride to um, Kansas State University for the first semester, um, and he bombed out. And he okay. just he wasn't prepared for it. Um, I, I fault myself for that, um, but at the end of the day, here it is six years later, and he's now working at a nonprofit organization uh, for foster kids who his, his job is to create and set up um, uh, events for all of these foster kids, you know? And I'm like, that's weird. I I would have never expected him to do it, but he's a go getter, you know,
0: right. It's really surprising. You also, you also like to think that as a parent, you've raised your kids, Right. But ultimately, what our job is is to prepare them to leave the house, right? Yeah, exactly. And part of that is is not what you teach them or what you tell them or what you show them. It's we don't know when they're watching. Yeah. And I'll tell you this, and, I, and I'm very proud of my daughter. She's 26 years old. Um, you know, I will tell you the one thing that I know that I've instilled in my daughter that I'm the most proud of is her work ethic mm-hmm. and work ethic means so much he's a go-getter your son's a go-getter that's work ethic and I am more happy of my daughter's work ethic than anything else about her in her normal life because you don't have to know everything but if you have a strong work ethic you're going to be willing and able to outwork people and learn. And and that's where a lot, I think a lot of the kids, like you said, the, the entitlement is out there. They want everything handed to them. They don't want to go work. and They don't want to earn it. And that's where I have a problem with it. Yeah.
1: And, and you know, so you look at the younger generation now, and one of the people that I point to, this may seem a little cliche, but mm. you do YouTube stuff. I do YouTube stuff. Mm. And one of the guys that I point to, regardless if you agree or disagree on his positions on anything, is Tim Poole. Oh,
0: Tim, absolutely. Poole
1: yeah. Tim Poole, a lot of people don't know this, but he hopped from one friend to another and slept on their couches while he was out doing his mm-hmm. uh, investigative journalism. When, um, Oh, man, what was the uh, the situation in Wall Street? with uh, everybody that was protesting um the wall street stuff back in like 2014
0: are you talking are you talking about like the interest rate stuff
1: well it wasn't wasn't the interest rate stuff there was a lot of um protests that people would just that went down to wall street and just like camped out in the in the road in the oh, parks yeah, and yeah
0: that. you
1: yeah, remember that yeah um, i do yeah so <laughs> man i'm Really having a brain fart on what that was called, but um, but you had all these people that went down there and it's like, hey, we've got to we've got to fight all of this, you know, freaking ridiculousness that was happening. Tim Poole goes down there and just starts interviewing people, and that's how he kind of got his start. And in the meantime, he was hustling. And sleeping on friends' couches and just continue to keep his eye on the prize and hustling and hustling and hustling. And now he's one of the biggest podcasters, uh, YouTubers that's out there, besides like Joe Rogan or somebody like that. Yeah. Um, and there's Occupy Wall Street. Uh, there it is. Yep. That's exactly yep. It. Yep, yep. Yep. So that's how he got his start. And the whole point is there are these young guys who are out there hustling you know, and that's really, yep. really cool yep. to see. And, um, yeah, so I don't, I don't like to lump everybody in that, but no. coming full circle, we are now starting to see companies not starting to see, but we see companies that are yearning for leadership for, uh, yes. those people who have that hustle, who just wanting someone to fill a role that the military can, you know, inject into their uh into their business to give them a little bit of a jump you know
0: it's gonna be an interesting question everything that you've gone through and and, and moving into now with being success in your in your civilian job and having the youtube and doing all the training and uh stuff that you do which we'll go into here in the closing um everything that's happened over the last 20 some odd years of your life um, since you took that oath to today, um, all things being equal, would you go back and do it all again or or not?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, would I have made different decisions along the way? Yeah, probably.
0: Sure. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I know I would have. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I I'm not ashamed to say that what i've stood up to my dad and said no i'm i'm going into the marines i don't care what you say yeah yeah maybe yeah but absolutely the the military the military really taught me who i was um in high school you know i i kind of bounced around from one identity to another you know you know freshman freshman year sophomore year i was kind of a preppy kid junior year i was kind of a uh, a grunge kid that just kind of bucked the system and then um my senior year i just just went along with the flow with whatever whatever it was let's get
0: out of here let's let's whatever let's just get out of this yeah
1: yeah but i didn't know who i was i didn't understand
0: you weren't supposed to though we look back on now and say everyone thought we we did but you weren't supposed to know at 18 what you wanted to do in life absolutely but
1: even still i didn't have i didn't really have a stance of Mm. you know i believe this i i i will stand up uh for this i will die on this hill for this belief i didn't have any of that until i got into the military and realized yeah, there is something way bigger than me, and yeah. I'm going to have to fight day in and day out to protect that. Um, and that doesn't mean that I have to agree with everything that the military says I have to do. But at the end of the day, you know, I'm here to support and defend the Constitution of the United States. And even to this day, as cynical as I am, as conspiracy theory ridden as I am, I still will go back to that day in and day out. I will support and defend the Constitution of
0: the United States. The brotherhood, uh, the camaraderie, the esprit de corps that you learn how to, like you said, you learn how to understand that it's something bigger than you. And for whatever reason, that's enough, right? It gets you through a lot of shit is that it's bigger than me. Um, whether or not it should, it, it it does, it gets you through. But I think a lot of people are yearning for that. I think there's a lot of people that are yearning for purpose. I think there are people that not everyone's uh, designed to go to college. Not everyone's designed to go to a a technical school to, to learn a trade or whatever. And I tell people all the time, there are worse things in life than joining the military. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think that there's a lot of people that the military may be a life-saving decision for them. It, it, it can change their life. Yeah. Um, and so I tell people all the time, like, look, if, if, if military is something you're, you're really, truly interested in, we can have that conversation. And we can be very blunt about having that conversation. But what I fear is that people are going to start joining the military to escape something else. Yeah, and that's not what we need in in the military. In my opinion, that's yeah. just me.
1: I mean, it's it's the tale as old as time. You know, we've seen that. You know, decade after decade. You know, in the army, um, I don't know if you guys had it in the Marines, but in the army, uh, we had a, a running cadence, and part of the running oh, yeah. cadence was was uh, join the military or go to jail. You know.
0: Yep. Yep. So, no, uh, jo-
1: join the army or go to jail, and
0: then we're like we're one like- of my best friends who who, who ended up dying. Um, but one of my best friends in the Marine Corps um, was there. He was a swimmer at Ball State University, like a college swimmer. Got messed up with some roommates and teammates that were credit card fraud, mm-hmm. and literally had the decision: jail, military. Now it wasn't Marine Corps, it was military. And he was kinda of, he was a competitor. He was an athlete. You know, he's like, Well, if I'm gonna do this, then let's go to the Marine Corps, you know. Yep, sure. But he literally had that decision, jail or military. And it's a real thing, you know? Yeah, yep, for sure. And so it's awesome. Yeah. Tell people what you're doing now with YouTube and you you, you do a lot of training and all of that, uh, that people that might know you is, is fit and fire. People might not know anything about you. Now they're learning about you is, is fit and fire on YouTube. Um, yep. So tell people a little bit about the journey through YouTube and the training and all that you're doing now.
1: So um, got out of the military and... You know, you get into the military and you have a sense of purpose, and then you get out and you kind of lose that sense a little bit. So I drifted for a couple of years trying to figure out what I was wanted to do. And my high school, middle school buddy of mine, actually, um, he's like, "Hey, man, let's do this YouTube thing, you know? And everybody's doing it. You know, I think you're opinionated. You like to talk, <laughs> so." Why not just talk Perfect. in front of the camera? Talk in front of the camera, you know? So uh that's what I ended up um doing to to uh start a channel and at the time I was still, you know, it's still into fitness. Um yeah. so you know, you have to have some type of shtick, you know,
0: with yeah, sure, yeah, absolutely, separate you yeah.
1: from everybody else, right? So um it came, it came to realization in the civilian world after getting out in the military. I I saw some things in the military for sure, but then outside the military back into the civilian life and had a couple of different things happen that really opened up my eyes to say, you know, it's cool for us to be able to conceal carry and kind Mm -hmm. of, be that first responder type of thing, you know, that mentality really hate to say this word, but that sheep dog, it's so cringy to say these days, but but, it's what it um, is. (laughs) It is. Right. So, but then I started looking around at some of the people, even some of my friends that were kind of getting into that mentality. And, and uh, I was like, dude, can, can you run a mile? You know, yeah. can, can you lift your own body weight? You know, I just started just kind of ask, asking these questions in my own head. And, uh, I was like, this is, this is, this is something that needs to be discussed. You know? Yeah. Yeah. If you, if you want to carry a firearm to protect yourself, to protect your loved ones, to protect your family, that's great. That is absolutely wonderful. But I can tell you from my own personal experience, the moment that you pull the trigger, um, Or have the trigger pulled
0: at you? Your life is different.
1: (laughs) It's completely different. And there is something that is going to happen physiologically inside your body, not only with uh, the adrenaline dump that goes into your uh, system, that fight or flight uh, scenario that you're going to get put into. Can your body physically tolerate that? Just from a chemicals aspect. And I've known people, uh, not personally, but I've, heard of um, situations where people get into a situation where they have to exert themselves, they get this massive adrenaline dump into their body and the next thing you know 15 minutes after their life or death situation they're dead because their body could not handle the shock. Yeah, people die from shock more so than a lot of people realize. And one of the ways that you curb that is through being physically fit to
0: active, do certain yeah.
1: thing to be active you know i'm not saying that you have to be able to run a marathon by no means right um my girlfriend just did a half marathon just a couple of days ago over the weekend and um
0: screw that by the way <laughs>
1: yeah exactly she asked me if i if i wanted to do it and i was like no oh. no i do not run i do not run I, i'll cycle no, yeah. I do run. I do run. I, I, I don't. I really can't
0: like run. run. Uh, my knees are so bad; it hurts now. Sure, getting on yeah. exercise bike and, and riding a bike, where there's no impact. I'm good with that. But running, I can't do much anymore. It's it's so bad.
1: So, you know, get into this YouTube thing, and I just really want to try to promote a healthy lifestyle. I'm not saying that anyone has to be a bodybuilder. I'm not saying right. that you have to be someone like grand thumb you know who is just a (laughs) specimen of a man right Um, I'm not saying that you have to do that but what I am saying is you need to be able to defend yourself and defend your loved ones and survive through it Uh, now if you know the light switch gets shut off in you because you know you're just you made a wrong mistake you know that's just the way the, the cards lay right Yep. But it's not because you're not physically fit, right? Um, my goals, my personal goals that I'm still continuing to strive for is I want to be able to lift my body weight in several different manners, whether it be bench press, power clean, squat, deadlift, whatever the case may be, I want to be able to at the very least lift my body weight multiple times, not just a one rep max multiple times. I want to be able to run three to three and a half miles in about a nine minute pace. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, I want to be able to run a mile with at the very least a plate carrier on or some type of, some uh, being encumbered. Right. Maybe, maybe I have to pick my daughter up and I have to get her out, of a situation can i do that can i can i run with my daughter in my arms for a 100 yards half a mile a mile you know those are some of the things that goes through my thought process now how, how do you get there how, how do you do that well you know you figure out a training Start. program that that's kind of something that that my cameraman heffy and i have been talking about slowly in 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 our in our podcast and in this uh podcast we just recorded that's going to be out on the 15th we talk about how do we get going from a you know a fitness aspect and the biggest thing the biggest takeaway from that discussion is find something that is going to be enjoyable for you regardless what it is maybe it's cycling maybe it's swimming maybe it's taibo you know, that's
0: dating me sure. a little bit, but you know, I like remember Tybo. It's, it's dating both yeah. of us, yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> maybe it's Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Whatever the case may be, but Absolutely. that's those are the types of things that I'm trying to inject into my YouTube channel, my social media presence, uh, the podcast, uh, so on and so forth, to not only promote. Well, the tagline is "Promote freedom through strength," right? You're going to have freedom through uh, your strength of body, mind, and soul, you know? So if you can strengthen all three of those aspects, you're going to be the probably the freest person ever, um, and that's, that's just kind of the goal of everything that I've tried to do since I started this YouTube channel. Mark.
0: More- Awesome conversation. Thanks for coming on. I do want to give you a few minutes now to kind of self promote a little bit, which I know you don't necessarily like doing, but I'm going to let you self promote. Tell people what many projects you have coming up and where they can find you.
1: Yeah. So you can find me on YouTube. Just uh, search Fit In Fire. Um, in any of the combinations, I think I've covered most of them in my tags. (laughs) So you can find me there. You can find me on Instagram, uh, fit in underscore fire. Um, or you can find the podcast as well. Live laugh, LARP underscore podcast, uh, on Instagram as well. Um, some of the projects that I've got coming up, man, I've got, I've got a whole laundry list of things that I got to catch up on, but, uh, we've got some, some really cool stuff with, um, some, I like to do budget stuff. You know, there's a lot Mm -hmm. of budget stuff out there that's not too bad. Um, We've got, uh, I've got a new pistol from G Force. Uh, They've come out with a uh, with a new kind of Glock 26 clone type of thing going on that has some really really yeah, got some pretty cool features Mm -hmm. that I really like with it. Um, Mm -hmm. Let's see. yeah, exactly. Uh, Mm -hmm. I've got uh, you know, I just. Did some stuff on the IWI Carmel rifle, uh, which is really interesting. Um, Such a
0: sexy beast, man. Yep,
1: I've got some AK stuff. I'm big into AKs, love AKs. I got a lot of different uh furniture sets. I'm going to do some reviews now.
0: Real quick, do you go to Clash Bash? Uh, are you are you big into going to Clash? That's one thing that I've wanted. That's a bucket list thing for me. Um. I would love to do that. Is is it worth it? Obviously, you keep going, so it's probably worth it, isn't it?
1: Absolutely, yeah. For those people don't know, Bash is a uh, three day event. uh, This coming, usually it's in October. This year, it's they've reset it back to the spring. So you have um, AK shooting competitions, right? Mm -hmm. So you you think three gun but they don't do pistol or shotgun with it. It's
0: just AK only. The straight AK stuff. Yeah, straight yeah. AK. Now, so any variant? Do, is it, does it matter which AK? Or, I mean, can you rock whatever you want? Are they going to, mm-hmm. you can do yep. whatever?
1: Yeah, you can. There's, nice. there's been guys that have showed up with RPKs. The civilian, really? okay. yeah, the civilian and not civilian versions, all right? Um, awesome. If, if, as long as it has an AK operating system. Right, so okay. that, inc- yeah, that includes that includes the uh, Valmets, that includes the Galils, that includes the VZ58. It's kind of yep. that's a very fringe um, asp- uh, uh, operating system, but they they'll still allow it. Um, so you know, AK74, AK47, uh, even the 556 AKs, they allow that. Um, and you come out, you can compete. Um, You can either compete eight stages on Friday or you split it up uh, four stages on Saturday, four stages on Sunday. Um, There is a carnival atmosphere. They do a huge bonfire Saturday night that uh, this year they're going to have some bands and they're going to have some night vision stuff that that you can try out. And then it's just a huge community thing. You got people that show up and just they just LARP the entire time they they have they have huge giveaways the entire uh, on sunday evening they do a, this massive giveaway one wow. excuse me one of the prizes that they have is for the person who stayed in costume the entire weekend right uh okay. so one year i think it, it wasn't this past year but the year before uh this dude showed up in one of the um i oh, i don't remember what kind of armor it was but it's like the it's like the EOD armor.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like the big green thing. Yeah.
1: But it's the yeah. Soviet version, right?
0: Oh. Snap. Yeah, it was it the looked Soviet like a version. juggernaut base is what you're saying, you like yeah. a juggernaut. Yeah.
1: He, yes. And in in October when it's like 90 degrees, this dude stayed in uh, stayed in uniform stayed in outfit the entire time oh, right and he ended up winning, awesome. winning a prize for that. They have massive giveaways they give away tons of rifles and accessories that's and stuff awesome. like that. It's a good time. it's definitely and you don't even need to compete. You can just come out and pay the general just hang admission out? And just hang out you can go and watch people compete. you can go and check out all the vendors that's going to be there um, mm-hmm. and then you just hang out for the for the giveaway on on Sunday night, you know so That's pretty awesome. I encourage everybody to check it out yeah, yeah for sure. so, um, um, so uh, other other projects that I've got going on yeah. I've got a whole laundry list of different things um, uh, I'm doing uh, some red dot uh, torture tests for budget red dots that I like to kind of beat around and see how well they do so you know yeah. some some of those gym um, uh, not so expensive Amazon finds yeah. type of thing you know Absolutely. so that type of stuff too. So, um, and then we've, we've talked about it several times, the podcast as well. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I can't wait. Um, I love the idea of your podcast and all that. So I can't wait to see it evolve and all that. Uh, my friend, it was great seeing you up in Wichita. Uh, thanks for coming on. Can't wait to see you in Vegas at shot show. Um, and all of that. But, uh, yeah, guys go check out fit and fire. And, and, and all of his projects, and, and he's, he's, it's a phenomenal channel. He's a great human being and all of that. So, um, yeah, go check him out. Um, get out to the range. Be more proficient with your firearms, guys. Uh, stay in tune of what's going on with your local, state, federal, and all the two-way legislation. Guys, if, if, if your elected representatives aren't doing their jobs, next year's an election year. Um, there is there is a way to make that change uh, so make sure you're keeping in touch with your elected officials representatives and uh, make sure the two-way legislation that you would like to be out there or whatever legislation that you're worried about in life is getting taken care of uh, most important guys I don't care what freedoms you do want to enjoy just enjoy your freedoms of being American one of which is to keep and bear arms we'll see you soon happy birthday marine corps happy veterans thank you to everyone that chose to raise their right hand and defend and support the constitution of the united states it means a lot to everyone thank you for your service thank you mark for your service and we'll see you thank soon you. guys semper Fi. Well guys, thank you so much for watching this podcast on YouTube or listening to it in all of the podcast platforms. If you like what you hear, like what you see, you like the content, go ahead and subscribe over there on YouTube to Ghost Tactical. Make sure you're following the podcast and give us a good rating. It all does help in the algorithms. More importantly guys, go check out our, our sponsors with Hyperion Munitions. They've got Garrisar Arms, Riskin Arms, Veteran Ammo, Operator Coffee, and everything under the Hyperion Munitions umbrella. Check them out at HyperionMunitions.com. Once again guys, thank you so much for watching and listening. We'll see you soon, Semper Fi.